In today's show, I'm looking at Saturday's games and highlighting what I'm watching for. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I do these shows uh, on the podcast feed, on the audio feed on the weekend, but you can find them every day of the week over on the YouTube channel. Let's have a look at these games, what we're looking ahead to for Saturday's action. The first game is the Blazers and the Knicks, the Wes Matthews Bowl, Gary Trent, who's been playing at a pretty high level. Um, I want to watch what his minutes look like, but more importantly, what his shooting looks like. And last game with everyone out, he put up um, some big numbers. The efficiency wasn't quite there. And we know that there are issues with Gaz in terms of his um, production when he's not hitting shots. And I'd like to see what that can do. Now, Lillard is likely to return for this game. So that's going to cut some of Trent's usage down. I also want to see what they do with Simons. Now, Simons had some opportunity the last couple of games, but unfortunately, he was limited with his own injury and minutes restrictions. But he'd been playing well prior to that. So will they? Will his minutes restrictions be there? Will he play back into those high 20 minutes, which he did for yeah, four consecutive games before the last two where he was limited? Or yeah, will he still be on that minutes restriction? Now he's going to, yeah, some of those extra minutes he got were because of Derek Jones' absence, and Jones is likely to return. But it wasn't just because Jones was out. He was playing, um, he was, he did play big minutes in games that Jones did play as well. Uh, but they then, of course, they were games that Covington was out. So it's been a little bit of mismatch. I just want to see how they use Simons in this scenario. For the Knicks, Emmanuel, quickly, it's always. Um, a confusing thing to try and understand Tom Thibodeau. Quickly, who'd been playing like maybe their third best player, played like their ninth amount of most amount of minutes in the last game because they decided that Alfred Payton was the guy that needed those big minutes. Now, Payton's minutes went 21, 23, 21, 18, 35, and Quickly's went 23, 25, 27, 30, 13. So we want to see how much Quickly plays. If it's another low minute night, what we do with him there in that scenario. <clears throat> and then Alec Burks, who's also been up and down, 23, 24, 22, 29, and then 19 minutes. Very hard to justify holding Alec Burks at this point, and I think there's huge amounts of upside in him, but we want to see exactly what he's able to do. Next game we look at, we've got the Nuggets and the Kings, the Michael Malone Bowl. What is going to happen with Michael Porter? There is obviously issues here with Porter and Malone, and it's not just a return from the absence for Porter, because when Porter returned, he played 18 minutes, then 29, 28, and 25 so he had some big minute games in there. And then the last three, 19, 20, 20. And that's with Gary Harris being out. Very confusing stuff. We want to see exactly how he uses Porter here because that could have a determination on how we value Porter for the rest of the season. And they started Jermichael Green last game in place of Gary Harris. Now, you have to think that that's probably because of the matchup against LeBron. And Harrison Barnes doesn't quite present those same level of problems. So I'm not sure they go back to Green. Will they start Green over Millsap? I doubt that they will. They should, but I doubt that they will. Will they put Monty Morris back into the starting lineup? Or will they get Porter and Barton playing together? A lot of questions here for what the Nuggets are going to do. 
For the Kings, we want to watch uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who's seen his usage rise over the last four or five games. He's obviously playing at a super high level. He's getting 30-plus minutes a night for six, six consecutive games. Why am I talking like I'm from New Zealand? Six consecutive games. That's better. Um, and playing at a very, very high level. And then we want to watch Marvin Bagley, who's doing the opposite of that. He hasn't got more than 22 minutes in, or only once in the last five games. They are benching him to run more Halliburton out there, which I think makes complete sense. Ideally, you just move Whiteside out of the rotation, and then Bagley could get all the backup center minutes. But Luke Walton is this coach, and Bagley's struggling at the moment. He's nowhere near a 12-team league player at, uh, at this point, and I'm not sure that he gets there, to be honest. The next one we take a look at, the Bulls and the Magic. This one is the Scott Skiles Bowl, a rematch from Friday. <clears throat> I want to watch Kobe White, who has not been playing particularly well. Can he do anything? Can he elevate his play at the moment? Like You feel like he's a droppable guy. I'm still holding because the minutes and the role are pretty secure, but he can't shoot. The usage isn't quite where he wanted it to be, and the peripherals are lacking. The Bulls are going to be missing Larry Markkinen in this game. Um, so Patrick and Otto Porter. So Patrick Williams is going to get a huge opportunity. He played well on Friday. So I think he's an interesting stream guy, for, and we'll talk about streams later on. But I think he's, he's a great one to pay attention to. And he shot the ball amazingly on Friday. Six of six on the line as well was super encouraging. So let's see what he does. And then for the Magic, Cole Anthony really thrived against the Bulls, especially in the first half, but had nine assists there. He looks better almost every single day. And I like him as a 12-teamer. Well, Trimmer Kiki, it is a back-to-back. -back. We assume that he's going to play. I want to see if he can force himself into a larger role and take all of those Gary Clark minutes. I don't need Gary Clark getting even 20 minutes a night. I just like to see 25 Trimmer Kiki minutes and like to see how he looks when he does it. Next up, up is the Nets and the Sixers, the Timotei Luwawu Cabarro Bowl. Now, we know that uh, Kevin Durant is out with that contact contact tracing issue that caused him to miss the start of the game against the Raptors and then the end of the game against the Raptors. Um, all of the rest of the Nets have gone to Philadelphia to play, so apparently there's no risk of this game being postponed or anything like that. So let's watch what James Harden does because he had under 20% usage in that game against the Raptors. His usage has been way down, even though his numbers are fine. Can he yeah, take that up another level? And then I want to watch Jeff Green, who did move to the bench against Toronto and shot the ball pretty poorly. He's providing solid enough 12-team league value. I wouldn't say he's a must-roster guy, though. For the Sixers, we know that they are, or they have been having problems with Seth Curry. He had to sit out the second half of last game with an illness. We don't know whether he's going to play. He's listed as questionable, as is Joel Embiid. So that potentially gives uh, extra role there for Shake Milton. Milton is a, a guy that could step up into that Curry role as the starter. They could put Maxi in that role. They could put Korkmaz in that role. They are going to be welcoming back Ben Simmons, but there are some questions about how much Milton's going to play, who hurt his own knee a couple of games ago, um, and then how Curry looks, because Curry has looked pretty bad since returning from COVID. The next game, the Raptors and the Hawks, the Bebe Nogueira Bowl. I believe he retired as well, Bebe. I used to love that guy. Chris Boucher. We saw the minutes rise up against the Nets. The matchup was always favorable for him then. We did have some Aaron Baines foul troll, but it was a favorable matchup for Boucher. Played 27 minutes. I think this one's pretty favorable as well against Clinker Palace. So let's see if he plays those 19-minute bullshit games that he's been playing, or if he pushes into that 25 to 29-minute zone. This is a good opportunity for him. And then Pascal Siakam played well against the Nets. High efficiency. The assist numbers for Siakam remain up. Can he continue that high assist level of play? But more importantly, can he get the efficiency back on track? For the Hawks, I'm always wanting to watch John Collins because I just I don't know. I don't know how to work out what's going on with this guy this season. 
and how it's all going to look when everyone returns, when Hunter's back, when Gallinari's at a full go, when Bogdanovich is eventually there, when Chris Dunn's there. Like, what is going to happen to Collins? And then I want to watch Kevin Herter, who is really stepping up with uh, the absence of Hunter and the absence of Bogdanovich. Hunter's out again here when Trey Young's questionable for this game. Um, so Herter's providing solid enough 12-team value at this point. Let's move on to the next game. We're looking at the Wolves and the Thunder, the Wally Serbiak Bowl. <clears throat> we don't know whether Carl Anthony Towns is going to be in for this one. These teams just played each other on Friday. Um, so we want to watch Naz Reed. We want to watch how Reed's role looks with Towns or without Towns. It's safe to say that Josh Kogi in that starting lineup's not going too well. He played nine minutes on Friday. Do they put Vanderbilt back in there? Hernan Gomez didn't play. He was questionable for that Friday game and he didn't play. So is he back in there? Um, do they go with back to Vanderbilt? Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. And I want to watch Anthony Edwards, who honestly has been good in flashes. But I reckon you could find 10 minutes of good play from him this season. He was bad again on Friday. He's inefficient. But as I always say, who is a higher upside player that's on your wave? Why? There probably isn't one there. Now, there's probably a 5% chance of him even reaching his upside this season, Anthony Edwards. But the allure of it is there. And the fact that he's starting now is super encouraging. For the Thunder, they are obviously without a bunch of players. Um, <clears throat> Teo Maladon had to miss Friday's game, so we don't know if Shea's going to play, if Maladon's going to play, or if Dort's going to play. And there's an opportunity there for MC Hamadou Diallo. He dropped 10 assists as the starting point guard on Friday, and there's a big opportunity for him here if you know, two of those guys are out. The same goes with Kenrich Williams, who also started. Williams can be a defensive stat accumulator. He's not the greatest offensive player, but he can also pass a little bit, so maybe there's some value in him. We also saw Isaiah Roby start. I was pretty bloody excited about what he did. You know I like Roby as a player and as a fantasy prospect, and him playing at the four next to Horford was pretty exciting. And we don't know if Horford's going to play in this game, actually, because it is a back-to-back. If Horford doesn't play and Gildas Alexander, Dorton, Maladon are out, then the Thunder can't play this game. They don't have enough players. That is worth um, that's worth worth noting. Because if all of those players are out and Horford doesn't play the back-to-backs, as he hasn't been all season, uh, then there is some worry that this game won't go ahead. So just bear that in mind. Next up, we've got the Spurs and the Rockets, the Robert Ory Bowl. Uh, Jakob Pertl will get another start for the Spurs. So we want to see how he looks. He's shooting like an, an astonishing like 30% from the field. Oh, it's from the free throw line this year. I think it might be even less than that. But he's been really good in accumulating stats, field goal percentage, block shots, good rebounder. And he makes like, he makes their spacing rough, but I like what he does for their defense. And then Keldon Johnson, whose minutes have been quite up and down lately. So we want to focus in on him and see what his role looks like. For the Rockets, there's no Christian Wood. The crucifix is out. So the wild thing, Sean Tate. Shout out to Elliot for giving me that nickname. Uh, and I just called him Sean Tate, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, you know this is the birth of a nickname and an explanation. This is J. Sean Tate, uh, obviously. But uh, there is an Australian cricket player by the name of Sean Tate, and his nickname is The Wild Thing. So Elliot suggested this to me. And uh, there we go. The Wild Thing, J. Sean Tate. Tate's going to get extra run for sure with Wood out, and uh, his numbers are really good in those scenarios when he plays without Wood. So he's a strong 12-team league add to me, while Boogie Cousins will get a start, and he has to be rostered in every single league, Boogie Cousins. I know that Wood, we don't have an exact timetable. It's like he'll be evaluated weekly, so that's a minimum of one week. You would have to assume minimum of two weeks, and it's probably pushing to four weeks. Um, And in that time, Cousins could have top 50 numbers. Next game is the Bucks and the Cavs, another redux here. The Brandon Knight Bowl, Bob Portis, another good game from Bob. I know everyone's dying for me to say it. Guys, 
Bobby Portis, I think he's a must-roster player. Apologies. It's hard to say. But he's playing at a level that we've never seen Bobby Portis play up. Great for him. And I want to watch Giannis, who has stepped up. Struggled a little bit to begin the season with the free throw percentage way off, the rebounds well down. But he's pushing his way back into the top 20 over the last two weeks, as you saw on my top 20 video earlier today. Um, and so let's just see what he does here in the back-to-back. For the Cavs, Chetty Osman is struggling somewhat. <clears throat> I would think that there is a chance that someone like Dylan Windler could supplant him in the rotation uh, as the season goes on. And then I want to watch Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen didn't miss a field goal or didn't miss a free throw in Friday's game. Andre Drummond played better, no doubt about that. He still had a 30% usage, which is too high, uh, but he did play better. Allen's the better player, in my opinion, and I'd like to see him get more minutes, but uh, they did play it together a little bit as well. But I'd like to see you know, a 24-24 split at least. Rematch of the Warriors and the Mavericks, the Monte Alice Bowl. Juan Toscano Anderson, going to get another start. I think he's going to be worth using as a 12-team stream. He looks so solid out there. I would argue and people could argue against me, I think he's a better player than Eric Pascal at this point. Just does more defensively, better shooter. I think he's a better player. I think he should have all of Pascal's minutes as we move forward. I don't think that'll be the case. Um, but that that is what I'm watching, and that's that's especially important for deeper leagues. Pascal did miss last game. Um, he is questionable for this uh, matchup on Saturday. And then Draymond, who looked spry. His minutes are up the last two games, Draymond, um, playing at a much higher level. He dished out like 15 assists. We still want to see more from him defensive stat-wise, but really good. Maxi Kleber for the Mavericks hasn't really got it going yet. I like that he's starting, but not producing the value that we would hope. And then Josh Richardson is as up and down as anybody. I do not believe Richardson's a must-roster 12-team league player. If you want him, sure, by all means. But I don't think he's must-roster. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans, the James Ennis Bowl. With the likelihood that Grayson Allen is back, as well as Jonas Valanciunas, I am very intrigued to see what Taylor Jenkins does with De'Anthony Melton. Melton is their best two guard, in my opinion. Um, but if he gets the most minutes there, I would be pretty stunned. He needs 25 a night to hold, and I don't think he's getting there. And then I want to see how much they give to Dylan Brooks. Because if Brooks is playing 28, 29 minutes, which is about 26 or 27 too many, then that's going to impact guys like Melton and Bain, who's a 51% three-point shooter this year, uh, Tyus Jones, guys like that. It's With Allen returning, how that guard rotation looks is very intriguing to me. For the Pelicans, Billy Hernan Gomez has taken over the backup center role. That's important for deeper leagues. Let's see how he looks, how his defense looks, while Lonzo Ball is just dominating at the moment. He heard the trade rumors and he just he actually just double fisted the up yours. Like he was like, no, we are not having this bullshit. And he has put the foot way down. And he's not even doing it with huge assist numbers. He's scoring, his usage is up, his efficiency is up, he's rebounding, he's getting defensive stats. He looks awesome. It's really, really good. The Pistons and the Lakers, the last game of the day, the Jody Meeks bowl. Dillon Wright. Still, you're not really sure. Is he a must-roster 12-team league guy? Probably is, but I'm not sure. that he, not sure. He fluctuates so much with his offensive production. We know he gets steals out of D-line, but I want to see a little bit more. And then I want to see Isaiah Stewart. Just focus in on what he's providing. I also want to see whatever nonsense Dwayne Casey throws out there, such as you know starting Sadiq Bay as he did on Friday. Um, and Bay is going to start this game because Blake Griffin's not going to play. It's a, it's a back-to-back. But I want to watch Isaiah Stewart and just see the the level of his play and whether I think he can be a viable starter. For the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker's minutes are up at the moment. Let's see what his role looks like in this game and whether he can push into 14-team league value. And then the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, is playing very well. Not well enough to be a fantasy option, 
But I just want to give him a little bit of credit for how well he's playing and just focus on how well he's, or how much he's improved defensively. Stream options, Jermichael Green and Monty Morris for Denver. Um, yeah, one of those guys is probably going to start for Gary Harris. Very interested in Jay Sean Tate for Houston. Uh, Maxi Kleber in Dallas is an interesting stream, as is Hamadou Diallo. And you could throw Isaiah Roby in there, especially if we have a whole bunch of those guys out uh, with all those questionable tag players at the moment. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give this a thumbs up. Hit the notification bell and leave a comment down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.